0: I would like you to dream or imagine for just a minute. And uh, if it helps you to close your eyes, you can do that. I would like you to think back to one of the most peaceful, pleasant, satisfying experiences that you've ever had. And when you do that, where does that take you? Does it take you to the mountains, to the beach? maybe to a family gathering, perhaps a special occasion. When I think about that, I think I would answer all of the above. For me, um, I I think back as a kid at Christmas time, we would go to my aunt's house and uh, there would be like 25 or 30 people there. We would have a big home-cooked meal uh, around the tree. It was just loaded with presence and the excitement I felt. But I think what I remember most about that experience is just that everybody seemed happy, just the joy that was there. Um, I I think to a lake in Michigan. It was a family lake property, and I think I vacationed there into my late 50s almost every year of my life um, until it was sold a few years ago. I I grew up vacationing there in the summer, my kids grew up vacationing there, and uh, I can remember sitting and watching sunsets at this lake, um, getting up early in the morning when the lake is completely calm and going out fishing, or being on the lake at dusk when it's completely still, remember wakeboarding, tubing, skiing, just a lot of great memories. My mind goes to the mountains, I can remember a family vacation where we took our kids and we, on one particular day in Colorado, we went to what's called 11 Mile Canyon, and the scenery there is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, it, to, to, to be there, and we spent the entire day there it was just so exhilarating. Well, and then also, I think my mind goes to the beach, especially when it's 80 degrees and sunny, and it's like 10 degrees and snowing in Indiana. And I just think about walking maybe along the shore. You hear the waves crashing up against the shore. So what is heaven like? And is it anything at all like we're describing? And often it's not the place. Often it's what's going on there, the experience, the feeling we have, the people we're with. Now, when we think of heaven, we usually think of a place, which makes sense. We live in the dimension of time and space, so our mind goes to a place. But I think the uniqueness of heaven will be the experience, the feeling that we'll have, like joy, jubilation, elation, tranquility, satisfaction, Peace, contentedness, just hearing those words just makes you feel better, doesn't it? I think heaven will also be a feeling of the absence of some things. No more crying, sorrow, pain, or death. Heaven will be the absence of sin because God is there. And of course, God is holy, that means He's without sins. So there won't be any sin in heaven. There'll be nothing bad. There'll be no one bad who's in heaven. Sounds good, doesn't it? The book of Revelation in the Bible gives us the most insight into what heaven is like. It's the last book of the Bible, and the last two chapters of that book probably give us this detailed description of what heaven is like anywhere in the Bible. We don't know how much of this is figurative, How much of this is literal but we do know this it is beyond imagination john the apostle john who wrote the book of revelation tries to describe it for us and you almost sense that he's at a loss for words to tell us what heaven is going to be like but he gives it his best shot so what is heaven like well first of all everything is new Um, Revelation 21, which is one of the last chapters um, in the book of Revelation, gives us, uh, as you read through it, you see the predominant theme of it is the word new. So let me read some of it to you. It says, "...then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem." coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them, and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying for pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. This has to be one of the most inspiring passages in the Bible to read. You know, how exciting it is to get something new, right? A new car, a new phone, a new kitchen, a new outfit, a new baby, a new restaurant, a new house. A new lead pastor, even a new body. Now, if you're younger, um, having a new body may not be that big a deal to you. But once you hit your 60s, like some people I know, <clears throat> you long for a new body. I could use new eyes. Um, I now use reading glasses for everything that's like 18 inches in to. My face, because if it's 18 inches or in, it's blurry if I don't use reading glasses. And for the record, that hit me at about age 45, actually. Now, you may be see. so how do you see your notes on Sunday? Real easy. The beauty of technology. You just increase the font size. About two font sizes every year, and you can still see. Uh, I experienced some hearing loss, and I've noticed it's getting worse all the time. Sometimes in the morning, I wake up with aches and pains. Sometimes my joints are a little stiff when I get out of bed. So everything new. And when describing that, everything will be new, John talks about the absence of certain things. We read about it. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. Oh man, won't that be great? A fair amount of our lives are filled with sorrow and pain but all things are made new. And why will there be none of these bad things? Because we'll be with God. and That's the best part of heaven. You know, all you have to do is say, God is, and then however you fill in the blank after that, that's heaven. So, God is love. Heaven is filled with love. God is Joy. Heaven is filled with joy. God is peace. Heaven is the most peaceful place you'll ever experience. No anxiety, no stress, no worries. Akuna matata. Check out Romans 14, 17 in the Bible. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I know some of you probably never got past the eating or drinking part because now you're wondering, are we going to be able to eat in heaven? So to put your minds at ease, I don't think this is telling us that we're not going to eat in heaven. It's simply saying that's not a primary focus. So you may be thinking, so will we eat or drink in heaven? Come next week? That's one of the questions we're going to answer. But what it does say is that what you experience in heaven will be goodness and peace and joy. Next, heaven is described as a city. Why a city? Well, because again, I think it's the best way for us to comprehend it and and to put it into time and space, to put it in the dimension in which we live. Let me read to you just a portion of how this city is... Describe, back to Revelation chapter 1, and here's verse 2 again. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And then I'll skip to verse 10. So he took me in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy spirit city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Check this out. It shone with the glory of God, and it sparkled like a precious stone like jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its walls. When he measured it, it was found to be a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. It's fascinating to read about this, especially the size of the city. Again, the Apostle John, who wrote this, did not necessarily intend for everything to be literal. He's doing the best he can do with human language to describe the indescribable. But the dimensions of the city, as we read, are described here as a cube, approximately 1,400 miles in length, width, and height. So if we are to take this literally, then heaven, the heavenly city, would be composed of 740,000 stories And each story would be about half the size of the United States. Divide that into individual properties or houses, and that will leave enough room for just about everybody. Maybe everybody could even have their own ranch. But you need not worry that you'll get lost in the crowd. You don't need to worry that you'll be like on the 681,000th floor when there's a party going on on the 227,000th floor. That you're going to miss the bible says that jesus he's called the good shepherd knows all his sheep by name the way the city is described what we just read is breathtaking um in fact let me go ahead and read you some select verses just to whet your appetite this actually comes from revelation 22 and it says the 12 gates were made of pearls each gate from a single pearl and the main street was pure gold as clear as glass, and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb, that's Jesus, is its light. Then the angel showed me a river with water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. Wow, amazing, huh? And by the way, fishermen... Take note, did you see that about the river? You know, in John chapter 14, Jesus said that He was going away and He is now there preparing a place for us if you're His follower. Um, Just a quick reminder before we move on. Don't get caught up in the stuff of this world. The new car, the big house, the new phone. It just won't matter. It just doesn't matter in light of eternity. Invest yourself in eternity. Financially, with your time, with your energy. You'll be glad you did. In fact, the Bible calls us, if we're followers of Jesus, citizens of heaven, not citizens of earth. Okay, okay, finally, one more thing. What will heaven be like? Relationships will be rich and rewarding often people have questions about relationships in heaven will i recognize my family and friends from this earth will i be able to spend time with them we'll get to that next week too some of you have loved ones who have gone on before you and you long for heaven because you just want to see them again to spend time with them it's going to happen if you're there you'll have all of eternity to be with them just know that one of the most meaningful parts of heaven will be the rich relationships first of course you will be with jesus you'll see your savior face to face and he'll be so much more than we could ever imagine but you'll also feel the intimacy that you enjoy now with family or just a few close friends with everyone who's there i mean can you imagine i mean like walking up to peter simon peter and saying dude, what was it like to walk on water? Or to have lunch with Moses and say, hey Moses, how did you do that thing by parting the waters of the Red Sea? Or talking to Noah about how he built the ark with no power tools. Or asking Mary what it was like to carry the Son of God in her womb. Heaven will be amazing beyond our wildest dreams. Now here's a second question. Um, How will we spend our time? In other words, what are we going to do in heaven? Perhaps as you've thought about eternity, you've thought, man, forever? Am I going to get bored? Many people think we're just going to sit around, we're going to eat grapes, listen to harp music, maybe have wings. You know, the Bible never says we're going to become angels, so you won't have wings. I, I don't even know how that idea got started again another topic for next week but heaven will be a place filled with incredible joy activity adventure and worship you know what we'll probably work adam and eve when they were in the garden of eden which was a perfect environment worked. but but our work will be fulfilling you'll enjoy it you'll want to do it i mean some of you maybe love doing crafts cooking working on your car, gardening. You'll love your work in heaven. You know, there are approximately 40,000 different occupations here in the United States, yet only a small percentage of people say they are completely satisfied with their job. Personnel problems, lack of pay, stress, the hours, the work itself, are just a few of the reasons that people give. Will we play golf in heaven? Will there be sports? Will there be entertainment in heaven? Again, come next week. We're going to answer that question as well. But just understand this. The main focus of heaven will be Jesus. You see that focus as you read through the book of Revelation, which just gives us glimpses of what heaven will be like. For example, this is Revelation chapter 5. Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands of millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang a mighty chorus, worthy as the Lamb, that's Jesus, who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang, Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. I love going to a playoff game in sports. You know, like an NFL playoff game, an NBA playoff game. Because there's just so much energy in the crowd. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've gone to a concert and experienced that kind of energy. What we just read, this will be so much better. Worshiping and celebrating with billions of people. Focusing on the One who gave His life for us okay, finally how do we get ready let me give you three ways that we need to live in light of knowing what we know about heaven and the first one is get right with God the Bible gives us some incredible promises for you for your future if you invite Jesus into your life but that is a personal choice the Bible says that to not choose Jesus means, means you spend eternity apart from God in hell. But the promise of heaven that awaits you is that if you receive Him into, the life, into your life, you'll spend eternity with Him. For example, Romans 10.13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't put that off if you've never made that personal decision. Do it today because we just don't know when our time on earth will end okay next keep your focus on heaven if you're a follower of jesus keep your thoughts your focus your priorities on heaven not on things on earth that's what the bible tells us to do don't waste your time your resources your energy your money on things that aren't going to last so for but today, perhaps it's time to reevaluate where is your focus? Where are your priorities? Remember that the Bible says we 're citizens of heaven for followers of Jesus, and we can get so caught up in the here and now that we lose sight of that um, here's Colossians three chapter or chapter three, verse one: since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Okay, and then finally, live with hope. We can live with hope every single day of our lives, knowing that no matter how tough life gets, our future is bright has 2020 got you down or has it started to get you down don't let it it's going to get better we'll be with Jesus in heaven I'd like to pray God we thank you for the incredible hope and promise that you've given us if we're followers of Jesus that this world is not only not the end, but that heaven is going to be so much more, so much better. And my prayer today is that for those of us who are discouraged or down, that we could keep that perspective, that it's only going to get better, to be with Jesus forever. And I pray that that will challenge us too, to live our lives in a way that puts our focus on eternity, and not to put so much time and energy and priority and focus on the present, on what's happening here on earth. Thank you again for the hope and promise you give us. And because of that, we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.